Hello, fabulous friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Booked and Blessed Podcast. I'm your host, Carissa, here to help you get booked and feel blessed. How's everybody's week going? It's the middle of April already. It's crazy. Time is flying. And as always, I have some life updates for you, the Booked and Blessed fam. I saw two shows, two Broadway shows recently within the past week, and um, I'm going to tell you about them. The first of which was New York, New York. And can I just say, what an incredible spectacle of a show. And I, I really loved the one thing that, well, there were a lot of things that were amazing about the show, but one of the things I loved was that it was bringing back and it was uh, reminiscent of the golden age musicals, like classic musicals where there's big dance numbers and the styles of the songs and the storyline. It was incredible. The set, there was a tap number. Oh my goodness gracious. We love a tap number. Do we not? Um, and one thing that I really took away was just how much they're expecting from actors nowadays because everyone in the show was doing it all we had singing for the gods tapping for the gods kicking your face doing the splits dancing dancing like dancing playing multiple instruments it was absolutely bonkers let me tell you guys as i said the set was incredible the entire cast was insane and um one of my major takeaways from the show in terms of like themes and lessons, life lessons, at one point the violin teacher tells her student something along the lines of, you play every note perfectly, like you're scared to play it wrong. I'd rather you play wrong notes, but play them with feeling. And that just always goes along with, you know, tell the story. Don't care so much about how you sound when you're singing, as long as you are getting your feelings across, 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 and genuinely feeling those emotions and portraying those emotions as authentically as you possibly can. That's what it's all about. And the same with playing instruments, I guess. The voice is an instrument, so it all makes sense. And the second show I saw was I was lucky enough to see Neil Patrick Harris's opening night performance in Peter Pan Goes Wrong. And this show was absolutely hilarious, especially for my fellow actors, because we get it. You know, when something goes awry and you just have to keep covering for other people and acting like everything's fine and that was meant to happen. And that's the joy of the play goes wrong and also therefore Peter Pan goes wrong. And the show, the uh, I have to say, I think it's harder to be in a show where things are purposely, purposely, guys, your girl is bloop, bloop, bleep, bloop tonight. But I think it's harder to be in a show where things are purposely going wrong and you have to choreograph all of those things because it's already hard enough in a normal show when something goes wrong and your instincts take over and you're like, okay, this is what it is. But when it's when it's supposed to be like that and you have to make it look authentic, 
like it wasn't supposed to happen, but you're covering. That's another level. That's another level of acting right there. And it was just, there were, they were superstars. All the actors in the show were superstars and the emphasis on characterization and audience participation slash improv and just comedy chops and everything. It was next level, next level, because I know in that show, there's a pre-show as well. So if you do decide to see it, to see it, go a little early so you can catch the pre-show. It's hilarious. Um, but I know that the guy who plays Captain Hook does something different every time uh, with the audience participation and you never know how the audience is going to react and what's going to happen. So yeah, I give them so much credit. Audience participation is tough and improv is also tough and he was just hilarious and knew how to make the crowd laugh and knew how to keep it going. Get them going. Anywho. All right. You know what's coming. The might and potatoes of this episode. Everybody get your forks and knives out. You got a full plate of meat and potatoes. What kinds? I don't know. I'm going to go with... Mm, steak and mashed potatoes. There we go. The meat and potatoes. Um... <laughs> Sorry, guys, I, I'm on one tonight. But the meat and potatoes of this episode is all about what to expect on a cruise ship contract. This is information that I wish I had before auditioning for cruise ships because let me tell you, it is, it is a learning curve, a learning experience like anything else. But there are some things I wish I had known in advance, and I'm going to tell you about them right now. So before you're even guaranteed the job, but you get an offer, here are some things you're going to have to do. A medical exam. For mine, I had to pay an initial $800 out of pocket and then an additional around $500 for additional appointments and tests. Um, if you do not pass your medical exam, you cannot work on the ship. So you could potentially spend all of this money for nothing. I ended up being about a month late for rehearsals because I needed clearance from my cardiologist since I had a procedure done back in 2017 and I sincerely had not seen him in years. You know how the medical system works. I had to wait a long time to get an appointment with my cardiologist and then they didn't give him the forms I needed filled out during my appointment. So long story short, that appointment alone cost me about $300. Then my blood test said my iron was a little high, so I needed to have an appointment with my primary care provider and have him analyze my labs and send me a letter saying he wasn't worried about my iron levels. It was just a mess. And then I think also something came back in my urine test because, you know, it was that time of the month, TMI, but you're not supposed to take a urine test when you are bleeding. And so they said it was inconclusive. I had to pay an extra $50 to get another urinalysis. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but we made it. We did the dang thing. I'm going to tell you more about it in a minute here. But yeah, th that's medicals in a nutshell. Um, I also had to take an online security training course and had to pay $100 out of pocket for the security certification they required before I could board the ship. Um, also, you have a lot of paperwork to fill out. You have your contract, which is long, um, and your sizing sheets and all of the different things. 
they try to let you know what to expect and what to bring with you ahead of time. But apparently you don't even need most of the things that were on my paperwork because I brought them. And then, yeah, a lot of it were lies. So don't believe everything you see on the paperwork or what they ask you to bring. Uh, and if you're not a U.S. citizen, there's usually a visa process you also have to go through on top of all that. Don't know if you have to pay extra for it or anything, but I'm sure it is time consuming. So, yeah. All right. And once you're on board, this is my long list of things. And it's also probably not all encompassing. So if I think of more things, I will add that to the addendum on a future episode, <laughs> as we all know. So. Once you're on board, be ready for tons of trainings, both online and in person. Obviously, when you work on a cruise ship, safety is a huge deal, and they stress the importance of every crew member being knowledgeable about all of the different safety procedures and drills. You will also need to pass the uh, tests at the... well. And, you know, I say that with quotation marks, the tests or the assessments at the end of each of your online trainings in order for it to be marked complete. You also have extra duties on top of performing. On my ship specifically, we had to check people into their muster or emergency stations and give them safety briefings every other embarkation day. So every other week, um, which also meant that we had less time in our home port, which our home port was in the U.S., sometimes the well sometimes the only port that we could depend on for mm, moderately priced snacks and groceries and shopping was our home port so that really wasn't fun having less time to get things we needed but you know it was every other week what are you gonna do um and also, we had to host a backstage tour every two to three weeks. We were split into different groups and we would alternate. The line I worked on, the cruise line, is known for their performers having the least amount of extra duties out of all the cruise lines. But you may also be asked to host dinners, sing with um, sing in sets with a band, host game nights and trivia, etc., etc., on other ships. And then you also have the install process. It was a little different for me since my ship, we were the first cast um, opening that ship back up post-COVID in parentheses. I mean, not parentheses, in quotation marks. Um, so we did not have any rehearsals on land, but our so our install process was obviously a little different. We got to rehearse on the stage and in the space that we would eventually be using but, or would be using for the remainder of our contract. But when you rehearse on land and then you go to the ship, your install process um, looks a little bit like this. So when you're in rehearsals, usually in the studios in Florida, you have install directors who teach you the shows. Then they come with you on board for a few weeks as each new show is put up and installed on the ship. It's quite the undertaking going from the studio to the stage, and there are a lot of kinks to work out and figuring out how the show works within the space. And obviously, you know, you have your stage hands who are learning how to fly the, the acrobats and the aerialists and a lot of technical things that you have to figure out and all the things, all the things. That's what the install period is for. So you usually open, I think, one show, one theme night, 
the first week and it's like you just keep adding shows as the weeks go on like one at a time usually and also get ready for costume fittings because you're going to have lots of costume fittings depending on your contract production cast singers usually get their own single cabin with their own bathroom whereas dancers usually have to share their cabin and or their bathroom on my specific ship we had twin beds and no portholes no windows but that also goes by goes on a ship by ship or line by line basis and also depends on what kind of show you're in. I know if you're in book musicals on certain lines, you get preferential treatment. You might get a guest cabin. It's all the luck of the draw. You know what I mean? Anywho, um, as I was talking about earlier, we would go out in the home port and get groceries and snacks, but you cannot bring any fresh fruit or vegetables or anything that can go bad onto the ship with you. And you also cannot bring food from any of the restaurants or eateries on the ship back to your cabin. Well, we would definitely bring apples and stuff. I would at least bring apples and stuff back to my cabin and like hard boiled eggs, but technically you're not supposed to. So don't tell them, don't tell them I told you. Um, because mealtimes on the ship are strictly followed. So it's always good to buy snacks off the ship to have in your cabin, especially protein rich foods to keep you full longer and some sweets. You know, I was always getting chocolate, um, but you have to pass through security every time you enter and exit the ship. And when you initially get onto the ship and you initially embark, embark, <laughs> when you initially embark, they scan your bags and your suitcases to make sure you don't have any uh, prohibited items, so to speak. Most people tend to decorate their cabins so they're more homey, but there are certain things you can't bring onto the ship or use in your room, such as candles, incense, um, and string lights. Those are a no-no. It's kind of like college. They kind of tell you the same things you can't have in your dorm. Um, but the most popular decoration among the cast seem to be Polaroids. And you can get Polaroid printers and then, you know, put your little Polaroids up in your room or, you know, print pictures of your loved ones and put them up, which is always a good reminder. Sometimes you need that when you're out on the open sea and you're like, what am I doing it for? <laughs> I would know. Um, but it's nice to have the people you love, those little sentimental memories around you and you're like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Anywho, moving on. As a performer we had the privilege of eating in the guest buffet during certain times and days depending if it was you know a sea day or a port day and also in the main dining room and restaurants if our schedules permitted we would just have to bring cash for the server's tip at main dining we loved main dining the food was a step above the general you know buffet style and you know, you get sick of that food after a while because you're there all the time. And not only that, but you can get as much as you want, which is crazy. And it's appetizers, main courses, and desserts. Incredible. And the tip for us was $7. Only $7 for all that food. Love. We love to see it. Um, there was also a crew deck where the crew were allowed to, you know, smoke cigarettes and hang out and get some sun and fresh air. 
And this crew deck is especially important for those crew members who don't have access to guest areas. Whereas, you know, as performers, we did. But some people, that was the only time they could really go outside on the ship, which is crazy to me. Um, we were also allowed to use both the guest gym as well as the crew gym, but obviously guests would come first in the guest gym. For example, real life example, if all of the Peloton bikes were being used and a guest was waiting for one, you were expected to get off of the Peloton and surrender it to the guest. Um, we had a crew bar too, where we would socialize, go there, especially for people's birthdays and whatnot. And when people were leaving or well, mostly like when people were leaving, they'd have little parties and we'd celebrate with them. Um, the bar also had a coffee machine and they could make cappuccinos and lattes, but sometimes the coffee machine was down, which really stunk and was sad. Uh, but as performers, we could go up to the guest cafe. We would just have to wait until there was no line and then order. And then if, you know, a guest came up, we'd have to wait to the side. Um, mm -mm -mm. We only had, fun fact, we only had two hours of free Wi-Fi per week. Insanity, right? Like that's crazy to anyone listening, I'm sure, who hasn't worked on a ship. Um, you could also pay for more time, but I was like, I'm not paying these people. They're already, I'm working enough. You know what I mean? But when we were in port, then we would download all of the shows or podcasts or media that we wanted to consume over the seed, the upcoming sea days and any port days where the signal was rough. So like we'd be sitting, if you see crew members sitting in cafes where there's Wi-Fi just on their phone, that is why, because we're looking for we're looking to download our Netflix shows. We're looking to download our podcasts. We want to see and consume all of the media we missed over the past however many days. And we've probably been in that port before and have seen most of what it has to offer. So what else is there to do, right? Um, also, as a performer, I was in six different shows on my ship. Four production shows. Uh, the production shows are on the stage in the theater and two theme nights. Most production cast contracts will consist of about this many shows, from my knowledge, and all of the shows were extremely varied. One was more classical, one was a Broadway cabaret, one was a rock show, one had more like folk pop songs, and one was entirely 60s songs. So they look for performers who are extremely versatile with their dancing and singing styles for this reason because they want to appeal to all of these different audiences and age groups that are sailing with them and different interests so that there's a show for everyone if you would uh we also had emergency drills once a week but they would alternate between who had to attend so we had green cards and red cards and they would say it's a green drill this week or a red drill this week or everyone has to be at the drill this week uh but that also would be while we were in port so again we would have less time off the ship if we were mandated to attend a drill and we would also have coast guard inspections where the coast guard would come and make sure that we were well equipped and knowledgeable about the safety measures which is why they stress it so much because if we did not pass the coast guard inspection we would not be able to sail and we would have drills every single day until we passed so that was 
quite the time indeed um and then even throughout the contract they would be like oh you need to renew your training because it's only good for this long so you need to go back on the website and complete it again just as a refresher um and then we would have you know other safety trainings throughout the course of the contract just you know reminders and new information and preparing for coast guard they were always so stressed about coast guard but understandably so um and yeah that's all I have that I can think of from my time on the cruise ship. If there is more, I will be sure to let you know. There's so many things, um, and most of it you just have to li live and learn when <laughs> if you get a cruise ship contract because I could never prep you for everything, but those are some of the big things that I wish I had known um, before I went on, especially the fact that some people can only eat in the employee mess is crazy uh one thing i will say too is you know as performers we were extremely privileged to have the privileges that we did to be able to go in guest areas eat in guest areas socialize with guests um one other thing is if you were in a guest area unless you were going to the guest gym you would have to have your name tag on at all times and be in guest appropriate attire, meaning business casual, looking sharp, looking professional. Um, and so that was fun because every time we'd go to eat, we'd have to completely get changed out of our rehearsal clothes from tech rehearsal and go up and get pizza and pasta. And yeah, what a time. That was, you know, a wild seven months, but I learned so much about myself and just performing in general. And it was definitely a gauntlet, if you would. And um, you really, you build that stamina and you really see what you can do. And learning six shows in, you know, a month and a half is craziness. It's cuckoo crazy. So I'm very proud of myself that I proved that I could do it. And I think it's an experience that if you want to pursue this line of work and you want to travel it's a great way to see different places while also doing what you love and meeting cool people from all around the world so like anything else has its pros and cons I say this all the time but I say just give it a shot do it once and if you don't like it you never have to do it again you know what I mean see if you like it people love it or hate it and most people I feel like so many people just do contract after contract after contract because it's good money and you know kind of what to expect after the first one and you have your medical done i think your medicals last for like a year and then you can get them renewed on the ship for like only a hundred dollars so it's way better to do it that way and they're not as intense but anyway um i just finished and submitted <laughs> i finished the second one today um I had two different self-tapes. Well, yeah, two different self-tapes for two different productions this week. And let me tell you, it is time-consuming and energy-sucking. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of focus, especially when they ask you to prepare specific material, having to memorize these songs. I mean, they're, they're cuts, so it's not crazy, but, you know, songs you might have not known the words to or really known, and then you have to absorb all that information, put it on the tape while you're acting, while you're in character it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Um, so shout out to everyone 
doing the full-time work just to land a job. I see you, and I'm rooting for you, and I'm cheering for you, and I'm your number one fan. Never forget it. Um, and as always, <laughs> let me know if you have any questions, concerns, burning inquiries in my DMs over at Booked and Blessed Pod or Carissa Hope, that's K-A-R-I-S-A-H-O-P-E on Instagram. And feel free to follow if you feel so inclined. Also, if you wouldn't mind leaving a little <clears throat> five-star rating, review, and, you know, give me a little subscribe if this podcast has brought any value to your life so we can continue to grow the, the Booked and Blessed fam and spread the love, spread the joy, spread the knowledge, spread the community. <laughs> Anywho... It's time for me to log off, y'all. I love you. But I hope you have a not-so-manic, not-so-manic Monday and an even better rest of your week. Let's get booked and blessed, y'all.